Welcome, everybody, to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris. Joining me right off the top, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, it's July 9th. That's all I have to say. How are you feeling? Johnny, uh, when you say it like that, it's feeling like it's getting closer, closer (laughs) and closer. And uh, look, I got to work on my tan a little bit. I'm just kidding. I really don't. I don't tan. I just get, you know, I go from like (laughs) transparent to burnt. That's what I do. Uh, But I was so excited about camp. I got a meeting on Monday about training camp set up. Uh, A lot of different meetings going on, preseason TV stuff. I mean, it's all happening very soon. Kevin Kugler, Spencer Tillman, by the way, back on the tube doing the preseason stuff with you and Drew on the sideline. Drew doing a lot of it, but you doing some special contributions to the team. Uh, preseason TV broadcast. So we're looking forward to that on our partner, ABC 13 coming up starting in August. Now I can't remember. I don't remember seeing this and it could have been while I was, while I was gone, you know, traveling, but I was checking Twitter as I was driving the last few days. I was doing radio those days. So I was checking. We have not announced fans for sure. I mean, Fans can't be there at training camp practices, and I'm right. assuming that's going to happen. But we have not announced that yet, correct? I don't think we've announced it the way the way everything's going to be distributed because right. we have to be careful. Uh, it's limited compared to years past when we've had it because you have the 20 foot rule sure. yep, and there's yep. a different sort of configuration. So uh, all that information is forthcoming or coming soon but uh just stay tuned stay stay with us season ticket members obviously have a big advantage here uh, as they should and uh but everybody's gonna have their chance to uh tangle with the texans tangle with the texans to get happily involved with the houston texans this year uh, at nrg stadium which is the most important thing of all as we all agree that is uh that is very good all right later in the show when i go around the nfl there is some news about a kansas city chief which is probably the least shocking news uh, that I have heard all day. Also, Mark, does the name Zayla Avant-Garde mean anything to you? Please say no. No. Okay, good. Very good. Because the next segment segment is going to be absolutely perfect. And I will explain when we get there why Zayla Avant- No, no, don't look it up. I'm not doing it. Okay, all right. Just know that Zayla Avant-Garde is a true hooper. She is a big-time basketball player, and you'll see exactly why she is relevant in our next segment. We'll do that in the next segment. But we're going to start off with one of my favorites. You know I love going and playing blackjack casinos. I love going to casinos. One of my favorite things, whether you call it AC Ducey, in between, whatever, over-unders are always my favorites. I've come up with at least eight of them. You going over, you going under, you ready. Ready. Number one. Now, listen closely to how I say mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. Starting offensive lineman in the exact same spot in 2021 for the Texans as it was in 2019. All right. Starting offensive lineman in the exact same spot in 2021 as they were in 2019. The over-under is two. Now, to jog your memory, in 2019, when all was healthy, all were healthy, Larry Tunsil left tackle, left guard was Max Sharping, center was Nick Martin, right guard was Zach Fulton, 
and the right tackle was Titus Howard. How many of those players will be in the exact same spot in 2021? I set the number at two. All right, so I can't pick two then. I got to go over under that. You got to go over under. If I have to pick over or under that, I'll go under. I know it seems crazy because wouldn't Howard play right tackle and sharp? I mean, the odds are one of those guys is going to be in on one of those spots at the very least. And Laramie is a fixture at left tackle. However, Johnny, I think that the Howard to guard thing could be real, uh, especially if they feel Cannon's going to, he's going to be a better tackle because (laughs) he wasn't that good at guard in new England. So maybe that's a factor. Maybe that's for real. And Howard has to move inside and maybe he's one of your top five guys. So you feel like let's move him inside first round draft choice, talented guy. So should be able to handle it. Let's go. And maybe sharping, does play, but maybe he gets beat out by one of those other guys. I was writing about this today for the annual Texans publication, which is called a yearbook. And it's Mm -hmm. really kind of, we partner with somebody and I always argued about calling it that, but that's what it's called. But I wrote about the O-line and it's one of those, if everything breaks right, Johnny, I mean, you have Lane Taylor, you you know, you have a lot of different options there. If Cannon, Taylor, Britt, they're all healthy. You know, they all come in and do their thing. And Cannon's playing tackle and Taylor's playing guard. I, I don't know. It's it could work out to a situation where Sharping is either a, a role player or he starts, or maybe they move in the other guard spot. What about Sharping at center? You've always talked about that possibility. That, yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, Britt didn't start out that way. I heard Wade Smith talking about Britt. Uh, in Seattle when Wade was in camp with Seattle for 15 minutes and Britt came in as a tackle yep. and now he's playing center. And look, Wade knows all about that because he's played every position on the line. So I'm going to say it's under two. Thank you. Boy, I, gamble. I think it's right at, I think it's right at two. I think the two tackles are, are what they are. The question becomes, and that's why I said 2019, because I wanted to make sure now Max got a number of starts in 2020, but it wasn't as consistent as it was 2019. When he stepped in there week three, he was the starter for the rest of the year. That's why I used 2019. Okay. I use not receivers, but pass catchers. Okay. Pass catchers in 2021 with 650 yards receiving plus on the season. Last year, the number was two. It was Will Fuller's Brandy Cooks. Uh-huh. So I set the number at two. Oof. Over under pass catchers with 650 yards on the season, 650 yards plus or more. Just to give you kind of a gauge, last year, Will Fuller, 11 games, 879 yards. Brandy Cooks had nearly 1,215 games. He had 1,150. Now, those are the only two that was over that number. But yeah. there were three guys that were at 400. Yeah, Kiki QT at 400, Jordan Akins at 403, Randall Cobb at 441. But Akins played the most games. He played only 13 games. QT yeah. did it in eight. Cobb did it in 10. You also two that were at 300, Darren Fells, David Johnson. It feels like it should go over that number, but 650 is not the easiest number to nope. hit. But I'm saying it's two. You're going over or under 
it's look, it's a lot of yards considering when you look at the receiver position, I know you said pass catchers, but just the wide receivers, it's brain salad surgery, trying to work this stuff out. You yeah. have cooks who you feel confident, healthy. He's going to have close to a thousand or whatever it's going to be. Right? right. So it'll be really solid for him. Does Cobb stay healthy? QT. We pointed this out last night, last five games of the season, average 72 yards per game. Is yep. he going to do that for 16 games? You have too many other guys vying for attention of the football to expect that from Kiki. He's capable of it maybe, but to expect that and maybe he gets beat out altogether. I don't know. They have all those guys Conley. You know, how does all this work out? Nico Collins. I don't expect Nico Collins to get there at least as a rookie, but you never know. He might take enough catches and yards away from other guys to disable their ability to get there. And then the tight end position. Yeah, I feel pretty decent about Aikens possibly getting there, but Brevin Jordan's going to steal reps and Farrell Brown's going to have some catches. And what if Waring finally turns into wearing the tight end that you always wanted him to be when you drafted him in the third round? So I would say, mm, I w- gosh, and I can't go two again. I got to go over or under two. You're just killing me here today because I think two <laughs> is the number. Yeah. Uh, somehow somebody else gets above 650, but I'll go low again here. Maybe it's okay. just- Pessimism Friday here on Texans Radio. I'll go lower. That doesn't mean they can't have a productive year through right. the year, by the way. It just means they're spreading everything out. The right. ball's being spread around all the different weapons they have. Look, one of these backs. No, I don't think a back's going to end up with 650. But these backs are going to steal catches and yards away yep. from other pass catchers. So I would say it's under. There were 4,843, 4,843 receiving yards to be had last year. I don't think they get to that total even with an extra game, but there is an extra game. So what you're looking for, hopefully, if you were going to go over, you'd have you'd have three guys, just say three, that averaged 40 yards a game or more. It's possible. I mean, it, it is possible. But that group has – I mean, just look at the games played from last year. Cooks missed a game. Fuller missed five. Cobb missed six. Aikens missed three. QT missed eight. Johnson missed four. So, you know, those are the guys that were kind of in the mix for it. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think the number could be could be under, and I think it could be somebody – I think it could be very similar to last year where Cooks is kind of in that 1,000 range. But then you have a bunch of guys that are 500 yards, you know, 400, 500 yards that you could have even yeah. more where it's spread out. So, I, I don't think that's being pessimistic. I think, I think you're actually onto something. I think that's kind of the way I would see it going. Now – you mentioned a guy that is going to be in that mix. And I think it's really difficult to talk about him in totality because he has missed a lot of games. So I think it's easier to talk about him on an average. And that's Kiki QT. Over under. And this covers you on injury. Over under Kiki QT average catches per game. So last year, he played in eight games. He had 40 catches. That was five catches per game. We can do the math. 40 divided by eight. Well, you go. This year, I'm putting the over-under average catches per game at four and a half. Ugh. So if he plays a full year, 17 yeah. games he plays, you're talking about 75 catches. Mm-hmm. But this covers you. You don't have, you know, this if he plays one right. game and has five, that's over, you're good. Um, if he has a Colts-like game where he gets 11, and that's the only game he plays, uh, great. 
Um, he does play the Colts twice, so that can make up for, <laughs> for lost yeah. time if you need it. But overall average catches per game, the over-under for Kiki QT is four and a half. It's a real tough one again because I just see so much receiving talent. And before anyone scoffs at me, look at these names. Look at these guys. These guys have talent. These guys can do some damage that they've acquired. Mm-hmm. Having said all that, though, oh, gosh. And then you look at Collins, Cobb, and their ability to take catches away from Kiki when he's out there. But when Kiki's out there, I think good things happen. I do think that he's committed. He knows how important this is year four for him. Are we already in year four of QT? Yes. Holy moly. Yes. 18, 19, 20. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable to think about it like that. This, that really escalated quickly, getting into year four for Kiki QT. I'm going to go over, Johnny. I'm taking okay. the gamble here because you you gave me the average per game, yes. which means, okay, he could have two games and average over four and a half, and I'm there. So, And I know you're going to grade me on this later. Uh, <laughs> lives hang in the balance of me getting these things right on this over-under segment. So I'm going to go over. No, I'm going to grade you on the next segment, and you'll see where we're going okay. with that. Okay. He's had just in his career – He's had 83 receptions in 23 games. So he's it's a that's a little bit under that's 3.6. However, as a rookie, he had 4.7 receptions per game. Last year he was 4.1. Uh wait a second. I don't know how that can be. Oh, he had 40 targets. He had 33 receptions. So he's 4.1. So 2019 is kind of the outlier. He's kind of all over the place. Um, but mainly he was in a doghouse. So Right. Hard to say. No, that's that's a different deal here. Now he's working with Robert Prince. Tim Kelly knows who he is, Mm -hmm. knows what he can do. Uh, Look, it either goes really well or, you know, pretty darn well or it doesn't go at all for him. I believe that there's very little middle ground here because there are only so many spots. Right. And you do have a lot of talented players. So if he makes this roster and they like him, I believe he's a big part of it. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I think that number is over four and a half or zero in that if he makes the team, he's going to get <laughs> I, I, well, I think it's that he's going to make the, if he makes the team, he's going to be a big factor mm-hmm. or there are going to be too many bodies that they have brought there and maybe he gets banged up a train camp. He just can't get the momentum. And then he's not. I think it's one or the other. I don't think it's I, between. I think he's I'll a big t- factor if he's there or yeah. he's not there because they've moved on uh, looking at some of the other guys they have in that in that stable. He's going to have to be a good route runner, a really good route runner, because one thing about Taylor, if it's Taylor, he's a precise kind of quarterback. You know, a lot of design. Let's move the pocket. A lot of design stuff like that. QT can get open. But, you know, Taylor is not going to go off script as much as some other people will. You know, he the ball is out fast and it's going to go to where the guy is supposed to be. Right. And so he better be where he's supposed to be. So he knows that they've been working on it. Let's see what the results are. Okay. I, after our discussion last night with the general about defensive line, it got me thinking, you know what? It got me thinking about defensive line. I was like, well, why don't I start working on a series of positional breakdowns leading up to training camp? And so I was like, all right, I'll start with the defensive line. So how would players acquire to kind of try to put it together and make an article out of it and make a series out of it. So as I was going through there, Something stood out to me. I was like, man, because I had a little column or a little uh, note, a little blurb about each guy's stats from last year. You realize that 
of the players on this roster right now, the most sacks by an individual was four and a half for Demarcus Walker with the Broncos last year. Four and a half. 67 players in the NFL had more than that mm. last year, which leads me to this. Now, it's Lovey Smith's different scheme. They're all different. Everything's different. Right. Over under, not telling you who it's going to be, but the leading sacker on the team, his total will be seven and a half. Are you going over or are you going under? I like somebody to do that. I like somebody to get over seven I and a half. Too. I like a Whitney or Jacob Martin or or some the Shaq Lawson or some X Factor player to to get more than that. Somehow, some somebody gets three in a game and then yeah. they trickle their way to eight, nine, ten, right. whatever. I look, my hope for this team, it's too much to say we're gonna have two guys who have 12 or above, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. go crazy after the quarterback. Look, you can't be predicting that with this roster. No, you know, no. I'd love to see it, but you can't be predicting that. What you can hope for here is that it's an ensemble like the Panthers a couple of years ago where they led yep. the league in sacks and nobody had more than nine or something. Right. That's what I'm hoping for. That it's look, it, the the upside here, the not best case scenario, but a good case scenario would be that this is kind of the no-name defense, right? This is a defense without a lot of fanfare, but they get it done as a group. And I think they have a lot of players that can make that kind of thing happen. When you look at their linebackers, you know, Zach, obviously pro bowler, but when you look at their linebackers, when you look at the thickness on the D line, when you look at some of the things that they have going on in the secondary that need to break, right? I know it. I just think that they'll find a way, uh, as long as those things do break right for them to make some stops here. And I think if they get pressure, it's going to be that way. It's going to be an ensemble thing. It's going to be from different directions. And Lovey's got to know that he's looking at this roster. He's like, yeah, we don't have Watt here. You know, we don't have Aaron Donald either. I just uh, noticed that we don't have guys <laughs> of that nature. Yeah. So let's just see what we can get out of these guys and scheme the right way. He's seen it all. So I'm, I'm hoping that could be the case. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I, when I put that number down, I was like, I wrote it down, and then when I was going back through it, I went, you know, I think that number's low. I do think they'll have a guy, maybe two, that kind of flirt with that number and get in that in that, in that that range. Mm -hmm. And hopefully there will be, like you said, kind of an ensemble sort of thing, sort of like, um, you know, what was that uh, – who were they celebrating? Was it Were they celebrating Eric Clapton? No, they were celebrating George Harrison. And it was like Prince and Tom Petty and all these guitar – great guitarists were up on stage. I was like, yeah, that's what we need from the Sackers this year. Like seven, seven and a half, nine, six and a half. If that happens, that'll make me feel pretty good. Okay. Again, same thing. Not telling you or asking you who the player will be. But the leading rusher on the ground for the Texans in 2021, the over-under is right at 1,000 yards. Will the Texans have a thousand yard rusher? Essentially, yes or no. no. Going over a thousand, under a thousand. I'm going under. Okay. I'm going under. All right. Now I know you have 17 games, so that does help. That does help. I think there are too many backs, and and here's another situation where I think it can go well, and you mm -hmm. don't have a thousand yard rusher. I think it's again a collective group thing as far as. 
gobbling up yards on the ground when we haven't really seen Ingram yet. Right. Right. Philip Lindsay, I believe, is a very good back when healthy. If he's healthy, he's good. If he's yep. healthy, he's productive, period. Yep. Can he stay healthy? That's going to be an issue. They have a bunch of guys like that, don't they? I mean, when, yep. when you look at, you know, look at look at a guy like Lane Taylor slowed down by injuries in, in recent years and things yep. like that. Um, so, okay, I just think that when you have Burkhead, he could flash in spots. Lindsey, does he stay healthy for the campaign? Ingram, like I said. And then David Johnson, I really believe David Johnson is going to have a very solid year because they found out a way to use him in the last three games last year. We've talked about this, Johnny, but I still think they're going to put other guys in there and keep keep the train rolling. And they will not have a thousand yard rusher this year. Doesn't mean they can't be a good running team. You know, if it's Taylor, Taylor's going to run for some yards, too. Right. You're going to have that. So I I just believe that uh, it's not going to be a one guy kind of thing. Last year, the Texans ran for 91 yards per game. Are you pretty confident saying that they will go over that number? Yes. I think yes. so, too. Uh, I'm, look, it's, Johnny, if they don't go over that number, they're in big trouble. Big. If they can't get a buck 10, buck 20 on the ground minimum, they are in big trouble big this trouble. year. Because, look, they led the league in passing last year. But even doing that doesn't – it. you know, look, leading the league in passing, high passing yard totals – there, it's nice on the stat sheet, yeah. but if you're not winning, a lot of it is because you're behind. You have to right. throw. We all know the story. Uh, they had some brilliant passing plays last year. We all saw it together, uh, but they were down. Sometimes down two touchdowns. You come back, you lose by one score, but you had a backdoor lose by yeah. one score situation. Looks prettier on the scoreboard that way. Right. They, they got to run the football. They know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. They've been working on it. Let's see if they can do it. I think one of the craziest stats that I found was the delta between what teams ran against us and what we ran for. Oh, it's oh it no. was like 68 yards per game difference. Oh, I mean that's just that's horrible. It was, it's my it's mind blowing. Mind you know, those mind blowing. Those are big yards. Those are big yards too. Huge. And oh. and look, you don't have to be number 1 in the league running or against the run, but you got to look last year's team, you just give them a middle of the pack running attack and a middle-of-the-pack run stoppage stat, Yeah, you will have a playoff team last year. No yep. question. No yeah. question. They were hemorrhaging yards on the ground defensively, and offensively, they couldn't get it done at all. They were anemic. If yeah. you're middle-of-the-pack in both of those, with the passing kind of prowess you had, you know, we'd be talking about a very different situation right here, right? Coaching staff-wise and everything else. So, look, we know what it is. We know what they need to do. Now they got to go out and get it done. No doubt. Okay. I asked you earlier if you knew who Zayla Avant-Garde was. She's a hooper. She can play ball. She also can spell. She is the national spelling bee champion. Oh, I did see something about this. Are you better than Zayla Avant-Garde? Oh, no. Houston Texans edition. That's next on Texans All Access. All Access. All Access. All Access. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, joined by the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, V-A-N-D-E-R-M-E-E-R, Vandermeer. Very easy, seemingly. I mentioned Zalia Avant-Garde. She's the national spelling bee champion. She also, or it was posted, I don't know if she posted it, somebody posted some of her basketball highlights 
she is incredible on the court as well. A true dual threat. But, like I said, she was the national spelling bee champion. I'm sure she could probably handle the Houston Texans roster. Now, you, the voice of the Texans, Mark Oh, jeez. Oh, you no, get you're to pronounce all of these names. But can you spell them? Are you ready for Texans spelling bee, the inaugural version? Do I, do I get to write it down and tell you what it is? Yes. What you I could, wrote down? Okay. Yes. All right, go you ahead. You can write it down. All right. This is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You'll this be good. You'll be good. Uh, I'm going to start you off with an easy one. Okay. I'm going to start you off with an easy one. Alex Erickson. New. I mean, I've already failed. I've already, <laughs> because I'm like, is it CK? Is it. You know how some yeah. of the Danish people have the SCN instead of SON or yeah. whatever it is? Yep. Uh, I'm going to say it's, uh, it's, it's straight up E. R-I, I'm going to say C-K-S-O-N. Yes. Ding, 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 Bang. ding. All Bang. right. Very, very nice. Okay. I'm not peeking, by the way. I know uh, this you, is radio, but trust me, you're, you're uh, seeing me on, on our monitor here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did You did a really – you do okay. realize – I know I know what's going on right now in your head because you're going, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me. No, I will ask you. Okay. You, know it, you know it's coming. It's, it's just coming. a matter of when. It's coming. Okay. Yeah. Former. <laughs> University of Texas star, was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, had a massive uh, sack in week six against the Kansas City Chiefs in 2019. He got all in the quarterback's face last year. Texan spelling bee, spell Omenahu. I'm going to say O-M-E-N-I-H-U. Yes. All right. Okay. Two. Two for two. That's not bad. I got two in the bank already, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get shut out here. But your dog is. Your dog cannot spell as well as I can. And by the way, when I first saw Charles's name, I was like, I meant a hue, I meant a, you know, I needed that pronunciation guide because I thought this is uh, you know, one I gotta get right. And you can never look at a name and assume you know how to spell it or pronounce it rather. And you also can never trust a coach to tell you how to pronounce a name. That is uh, a fact. Oh, forget that. Forget that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard every single Texans coach. Well, I didn't hear Dom Capers, but Gary, Bill, Romeo, oh, too. Like, forget it. Like, there's they, no, no way. They always, wait a second. Is that how you say that name? No, it's not. That's not how you say that name. I've and they say it with times. such confidence yes. as if that's the way to pronounce it. Trust me. Yes. They don't know. You can't trust them. All right. You handled, you handled a man who very, okay. very well. And by the way, when you get ready for a game. Yeah. Cause I do this when I do my college games for the most part, mm-hmm. if there is, do you write down how it's spelled or how phonetically? I'll, well, I always have their roster in front of me. Yeah, I don't do yeah. a chart as you know. So, but I will write down the phonetical uh, pronunciation. Um, And, you know, I always look at the pronunciation guide and a lot of people don't know how to really write things down phonetically. Right. They don't know how to simplify it to its basic core pronunciation components. Yes. But go on. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Okay. This one's pretty simple. Okay. You saw this one for a number of years. He started here in Houston in 2011 when he was a big free agent signing for the Texans. 
will go down arguably as one of the best defensive players the Texans have ever had. I want you to spell former Pro Bowl corner who just retired, Jonathan Joseph. All right, it's J-O-H-N-T-H-A-N, right? He's got the Jonathan, the long John in Jonathan, I believe. Either that or he doesn't. It's one or the other. <laughs> well, which one is it? And I can't remember which one it is. I'm going to say he has the H in there. He does. Except he also, right. has, he also has an A in there, too. John. Yeah, John uh, Othin. It's yeah, not okay. Jonathan. Right. But wait, wait. Who, um, who, uh, who did we uh, have? Jonathan. Didn't we, wasn't there a Jonathan? Yeah, we did. Or, we did. I'm trying to remember like who it is. Because there was... Gosh, we had like three different Jonathans, and they were all spelled differently. <laughs> all Jonathan. Yeah, but if you got – there's Jonathan and Jonathan. Right, I mean, right. I, you know. But so, they're all yeah. – it's all pronounced. I get credit for this one. I, yeah, you I get nailed credit. that one. You I nailed, nailed that, that one. one. Okay, okay. I, I'll give you that one. All right. You can make this a lot harder, but don't. Well, okay. I'm starting to. All right. Texans this offseason. He was actually one of the first free agent signings. He's Hawaiian. He once kicked off in a game, and he's a linebacker. Texans spelling the inaugural version. Mark Vandermeer spell Kamu Grugier Hill. <laughs> We're done. Kamu apostrophe M U. Well, I'll give you K M U. No apostrophe. Okay. No apostrophe. Okay. No apostrophes in any of these. All so right. don't have to worry about that. But All there's right. a hyphen. Grugier is G-R-U-G-I-E-R. Yes. Bang. And Hill, Hill is Hill. H-I-L-L. Very good. All right. You keep talking about failing and you're just crushing these. Okay. This one's easy, though. This All one's right. easy. It just ended up on my list because it gives us an opportunity to talk about a rookie. Okay. Texans in the fifth round, moved oh, no. around, traded around, and they ended up, I think it was the first defensive player they drafted because they only drafted two. One was Roy Lopez, too easy. <laughs> Second one, pretty easy too. Spell, former TCU All-Big 12 linebacker and Texans rookie Garrett Wallow. <sighs> oh. Oh, boy. There's a trick to this, and I forget what it is. I'm going to say it's because he's got one R, G-A-R-E-T. Is that it? It's two R's, but one T. G-A-R-R-E-T, and then Wallow, W-A-L-L-O-W. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Because I've never – I'll be honest. I have never seen – I've never seen Garrett with with one one T? T. It's a, it, sometimes one R, sometimes two R's. I've never seen it with You're one right. T. That's what yeah, I thought I'm writing it, it down. Be. You're right. It looks strange with one T, and that's that's what was sticking out to me. There was one of something that should be yeah. two or something, so I thought yes. it was the R, but it's really the T. All right. By okay. the way, when I write articles on these guys, I just write them, and then I just spell check them later, and that's how I roll. Okay. All right. Okay. This one's easy. This one's very, very easy. Okay. Signed last year with the Texans. Came in, did a really nice job coming off a really, really difficult injury from when he was in college. 
His last name is where I went to school, Brown. His first name is Pharaoh. Spell Pharaoh Brown's first name. It's strange because it's like Farah. It's P-H-A-R-A-O-H. Yes. Ding, ding, Man. ding, ding, ding. Very it's nice. Farah O or something. Have, yeah, that's it. I have written that wrong every single time I've written it. Because yeah, I put the like, O and the H. Yeah, I, yeah. I, or the O and the A, sorry. I switch those two all the time. I get the P-H-A, but then I go R-O-A. For some reason, I can never, I always screw that up. And it wasn't until I did this where I was like, okay, A-R-A. Now I've got it forever and I won't forget it. But that was throwing you, me off. Do you know what I, I think is happening in society now? People don't care how to spell names anymore because everything's so digital. You don't, you and I grew up in a world, at least I did, where you're always spelling your name on the phone for people. Yeah. And it's like, V-A-N-D. that's why I do Vandermeer as one word instead yeah. of the spaces, the way it's properly done right, in the right. Netherlands. And it's, it's actually lowercase V-A-N space, lowercase D-E-R space, right. capital M-E-E-R. There's no way I'm going to do that on the phone every time I have to spell my name. Now, no, you have to understand there's a space <laughs> there. Like, come on, really? So I just made it all one word, American capital V, let's roll, right? Yeah. It's bad enough I have an M-A-R-C for Mark where yeah. I got to correct everybody on that. But it is what it is. And I think today it doesn't matter. You can spell your first name, last name, however you want, because you're most it's paste and cut or, or, or cut and paste or it's, uh, you know, you just transfer it digitally, however you do it. Well, my brother-in-law spells it with a K, M-A-R-K. But every time I go to text him, I guess because I've texted you so much, it changes it to a C. So I always have to change it oh, back, I guess, because I've, I've texted you. Okay. Houston Texans corner. He's been with the team since 2019. Vernon Hargraves the third. Spell Hargraves. Oh, jeez. It's so tough. H-A-R-G-R. It doesn't look right. It's like G-R-E-A-B-E-S. Yes. Bang. Very good. Very good. That one okay. trips up everybody. Yeah, it doesn't everybody. look right, but you got to go with it. All right. I've, I've, you know, all right. In all fairness, I should get this one right because I was with his dad at Miami. Oh, that's right? right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I didn't spell it much then. I wasn't writing much then. But Hargraves, I mean, immediately a G-R-A-V-E-S. I mean, yeah. everybody. But no, you're, you got it exactly right. Okay. Okay. Kind of hanging in there in this. You are hanging in there. We got two more. This one all should right. be easy. Mm-hmm. His brother was a Texan who essentially grabbed everybody's, you know, kind of heartstrings. Mm -hmm. He was one of the best guys we've seen come through this building. David Questenberry. Yeah. His brother, Paul, is now a Texan. Spell Questenberry. Yeah. I was hoping you would ask me how to spell Paul. Uh, (laughs) Q-U-E-S-S. E-N-Berry, B-E-R-R-Y, just straight up. Ding, ding, Bang. ding, ding, ding. Right. Wow. Man, Zayla Avant-Garde would have trouble with you tonight. Yep. But I promise you, <laughs> this next one, I don't think either one of you would get. This is the last one. <laughs> I know what you're going to do to me. <laughs> it's, it, it's, you just visualize it. There's no chance. Last one. 
<laughs> There's no chance. Azoya Alafohai, uh, a.k.a. Big Z. Spell it all. All right. Uh, A-Z. <laughs> I'm already done. <laughs> you got two letters. Johnny, <laughs> full disclosure here. I was just praying he wasn't going to get into the game last year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it's actually easier to like the more you practice it. Like, eh, it's, no, it's not that bad. It looks it's not bad. It, you it know, some names worse. when you when you first glance at them, you're like, there's no way. There's no, by the way, I thought you were going to get me on spell Fairbairn's first name, all of it, oh. all 36 letters of it. Fairbairn. I was going to be here all day, no. but a uh, big Z as he will forever be known. <laughs> yeah. Broadcast. Yeah. It's a different Z. deal. <laughs> I'll get it right though. I'll get it right for this season. Cause I think he's going to okay. play. I think he's going to play yeah. a little bit. Yeah. A U Z O Y A H. Um, a L U F O H A I was Azoya Azoya Alafohai. You did a pretty good job as my uh, dog decides she knows how to spell it right about now. Mark, very, very good, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you, Johnny. All right, that was hard. I know it was, but Mark did a pretty solid job. Got to admit that. I mentioned earlier, as we go around the NFL in our final segment, a Kansas City Chief is in trouble. Big, big trouble, and it's no surprise. We'll talk about that next right here on Texans. All access. 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 We got one final segment of this Friday edition of Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. That was a fun segment with Mark. I know I put him on the spot, and I could see that he was squirming, but he did a pretty good job. If you missed it, HoustonTexas.com. That's where we carry all of our... Uh, podcasts, all of our articles, telestrators, video, everything is right there. HoustonTexans.com. Go get the Houston Texans app, our Twitter feed, at Houston Texans, Instagram, Flipchart, um, Slipknot. No, I don't know. I don't know. There are so many different ways you can consume our content. And trust me when I say we are so very thankful that you that you do. Uh, and we're we're so thankful. I am extremely thankful for all of that. And hopefully uh, we give that back to you uh, with the way that we work and do our shows and put stuff together that hopefully is uh, infotaining, informative and entertaining to combine. They'd say that right. Infotaining. There you go. Uh, Let's go around the NFL. There are a couple of pieces of news and then a big one. At least I think it's a big one, but it's not surprising. Number one is Larry Fitzgerald. Texans have seen him. Man, how many times? I know we saw him in 2017, 2013, 2009, and it would have been 2005 before that. He's not decided about 2021 because the Texans do play the Cardinals in Glendale in October, October 24th, I believe it is. He has not decided, and I quote, I haven't decided anything. Now, as part owner of the Suns, he's watching his team go through uh, the NBA Finals right now. My guess is when you're saying I haven't decided anything, I think you have decided. But we'll find out for sure. He told uh, ESPN, I haven't decided anything. Training camp starts in a few weeks. I'm excited. It's going to be another great year for the NFL. 
That's a typical Larry Fitzgerald answer. He's 37 years old. He feels and looks like he can just continue playing for the next five years. We'll see what happens with Larry Fitzgerald, whether we actually see him or not. I love watching the guy play. He's been one of my favorite college football players back when he's at Pitt. He had a tremendous game. It really got him on the map in 2003 against Texas A&M. And he's been all that and then some once he got to the NFL. New England Patriots, Stephon Gilmore. Had a little conversation with Josina Anderson saying he wanted a pay bump in line with the rest of the top five corners of the game, said Gilmore. And I quote, I just want what I'm worth, however that plays out. Every player should be paid what they're worth. That's just how it is. 30-year-old, one of the best in the league, and he's right. Everybody should be should be paid what they're worth. I mean, I don't think he said anything out of line. I don't think he uh, put the, the Patriots on blast or anything like that. I think he's... He's dead on. Everybody should be paid what they're worth. He is worth a lot. And by a lot, I mean a lot. He gives that defense a chance because he can lock down one side of the field. And then again, J.C. Jackson can lock down the other side of the field. And Jonathan Jones can lock down the inside. They can do a lot of different things with those guys. But Gilmore is the straw that stirs that drink. And finally... Kansas City Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark has been charged with felony possession of an assault weapon after cops said they found an Uzi in his Lambo, Lamborghini, SUV. Lambo's got it. Lamborghini's got SUV. Good grief. In his Lamborghini SUV during his June 20th arrest. This is from TMZ, and I will say this. Say what you will about TMZ, they're right almost all the time. Here's the kicker. The Chiefs star faces up to three years in prison. Now, a few things. Number one, I don't understand the assault weapon thing. I just don't get it. I've never been a gun guy, and, and I'm sure there are some of you out there saying, oh, but John, if you, and like, I don't, I'll never get it. I'll never understand it. I mean, you're, you're one, one, you know, greasy hand drop away from that thing going off and doing God knows what harm. I, I don't know. I don't see. I don't know these things, but I do know it's illegal as all get out to have one. He gets arrested and now he's facing up to three years in prison. This guy had all kinds of issues. Not even of this caliber, even worse with some issues back coming out of Michigan is one of the reasons he fell in the draft. He's uber talented but he's an incredibly, an incredible nightmare off the field. The Chiefs shouldn't have to deal with this nonsense. They really shouldn't have to deal with it. But now they are. Frank Clark could be looking at prison time for having an assault weapon in his Lambo SUV. Ugh. Awful. Awful, awful, awful stuff, yet not surprising. All right, big thanks to Mark. To all of you for listening, you are the very best. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. And as always, go Texans.